0: So let's get into part two of this and just a quick summary of what we talked about last time. Basically, we've been saying that we're, we're three parts, right? Spirit, soul, body. When you were saved, your spirit man, come on, was regenerated. Think about it this way. You know, Jesus died on the cross, but then he rose from the dead. When you were saved, the very moment you were saved, your spirit man was brought back to life. It was brought, it was regenerated. That's, that's the part of you that was born again. And it's absolutely full spirit. You're not partially spirit. You are a complete spirit man. So then you ask the question, well, why aren't I acting like a spiritual person? Well, there's a reason for that. So you have your spirit, man. And and, and by the way, this, this is a powerful thought. It hit me this morning because we've been talking about dying to self. But watch this. Jesus died but was resurrected. When you got saved, your old spirit, as it were, was already dead. But now you have already experienced resurrection, not in your body, But in your spirit, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say that before, so maybe I'm in Lululand, but I think that's accurate. Your spirit, man, has experienced resurrection, and you live. You're born again. Wow. But people say, well, they're born again, but they sure don't, they still look like they were before. Well, the reason for that is we are three parts, and your other two parts are not born again yet. (laughs) And what we have to do is go through a process. Paul said, I die daily. We go through a process where we keep dying to self so that the living spirit part of you, and by the way, the only part of you that communicates with God is your spirit. Oh, I talk to God. Yeah, you talk to God, but it goes through your spirit. The problem is, best way I know to explain it, we've been explaining it, is there is a filter between you. How many know your furnace has a filter? Some of you are single women. You haven't changed yours in 20 years. You need to change that filter. Your car has a filter. There's air filters, gas filters. Come on. And if that filter is clogged or partially clogged, air cannot get through. Or if air gets through, sometimes it is polluted air. It is air, but it's not exactly clean air. And and, do you realize in other countries, God speaks in their language? (laughs) It goes through a filter. And sometimes people will even stumble over a word or two and oh, that can't be God because they stumbled. Careful. It might have started out God, but it went through that filter and kind of and lost a few words in translation. So don't, don't write people off just because they, they maybe stumble or something or, they go, or they're trying to think because it goes through a filter. So it stands to reason the cleaner the filter. Whew, the better the connection with your spirit that is in complete connection with the Holy Spirit. How many believe, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you and is in communication with your spirit? But we have got to die daily. This flesh has not died. Okay, so... What is this process and what are some of the things that we need to do to, to realize this, this new birth? You know, uh, Romans 12 and 1 and 2 says that we should, you know, put ourselves on the altar and, 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 and we become more like him through what? Through the renewing of our minds. That's your soul. There's a renewing process that you have to go through a dying and, and coming to life so that what's in your spirit can, so that your, your, your soul can be changed and become so that you can be a spiritual person as you renew the mind. Last time we talked especially about that it's not just that the Holy Spirit is in you, but that you are literally part of the Trinity. We said, Jesus prayed, God, as I am in you, let them be in us. What God would do that? There's that song, Reckless Love. So how could God's love be reckless? Well, he's got a lot of confidence in y'all. That's reckless. Yeah, it's reckless. God's willing to take a chance on you. It's reckless love, but he's willing to go there because he knows who you really are, and who you can become in God. And you can literally walk this planet as a spiritual person in communication with God. Am I crazy or is that possible? Most of us have had our moments when we think we heard God's voice, but how many know you can literally just walk? Well, I tried that once. That's your problem. Once. It's something you practice. The mind is renewed, not automatically. I can't lay hands on you and say, you are now a spiritual person. There's nothing in me to change you that way. God's not going to do it either. It's already in you. You just have to renew the mind. I was thinking about this, and it totally blew my mind, because we all can get our heads around the fact that we're going to live forever and and we we can understand god being forever but when we say god did not have a beginning that kind of blows your mind then i got to thinking if god never had a beginning when did he decide to make us i mean if he doesn't exist in time there is no when then it occurred to me that he didn't just decide one day i'm going to make me a bruce He always knew I would exist. If that doesn't blow your mind, you just don't care. In sense, I'm eternal. He's always known about me. And he always knew when I would mess up, and he knew that I would mess up every day. I, I, I know there was a day I was born, but that wasn't my beginning. There was a time my parents were born. And who knows? You know, they traced on my dad's side all the way back to the 1500s. I know all their names, and if any one of them had not married the person they married, would I be here? God had everything set up all the way from Adam. In fact, you you know, you can all trace yourself back to Noah, right? We're all related there. I I didn't exist in my the day I was born, or when my ancestors or. I didn't even start when he, because it said when he made Adam, he said, let us make man. I don't, some people think he's not just talking about Adam, but perhaps in some way he created the whole human race. And in a sense he did. I, we have no memory of that, no. but somehow at the very least, we have always been in the mind of God. Yeah, you. Quit beating yourself up. Quit knocking yourself down. Quit saying I'll never amount to anything or I'm not this or I'm not that. You are made in the image of God and I just gave you something to hang on to. It's a lot bigger than you think. He knows you. He's always known you. He loves you. He's always loved you. Oh, come on. We're part of this Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We talked about the Trinity, and I can't go into that again. But one of the greatest proofs that there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, if there's just one person, then God never experienced fellowship. And how could he be God? He'd be lonely. Some people say, well, God was lonely one day, so he made us. Oh, great comfort that was. Just made a bunch of problems is what he did. <laughs> no 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 God. God, has always the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. it's one God, three persons in divine, unending, everlasting love flowing between these three. and at some point they decided to share that with something they created. You have the choice whether or not you want to join the Trinity. And what we're saying is this. It's not just that the Spirit is in us, but we are part of a dance. The Greek word is perichoresis. In theology, they call the Trinity the perichoresis. Peri means circle or around, and choresis is where we get the word chorus, and simply means perichoresis means circle dance. And we talked about that. The Jews still do that. We're not just in the Spirit. We're, we're, we're part of the the dance. And I, But I had that, that icon, that picture of the three angels that visited Abraham. If, if you, but they're sitting around a table. Remember that? They're sitting around the table, and the front of the table is open. And there was a little square right there. And they said in the original a drawing of this icon in the, in the 14, late 1400s, there was actually a mirror there. And when you looked at the picture, you could see yourself at the table. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit with an invitation for you to join them, pull up a chair at the table. And it's a dance. And when, when a group of people dance, you have to know the steps and you, you, you can't just do your own thing like they do now. You have to know the steps, and someone has to lead. We need to learn how to do that together. And that's what it is to walk in the Spirit. If if you're one of these guys, well, I don't need the church, and I don't need anybody else, you're at the dance, but you're in a corner all by yourself. We're dancing together. It's the nature of the dance. You can't just do your own thing. He said, you look weird doing it. So he's wanting to bring us into the dance. And as we come into the dance, that's how we learn. So as we renew our mind, we come into this dance, and we're actually part of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So how is this renewing of the mind works? I, I like John 3, 8, if we can get there. The wind, how many know the Spirit is... is uh, is the wind of God, right? Or the fire of God or the or the dove. Okay, the wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So this dance is the wind. I hear people say, we need to learn how to catch the Spirit. I don't know that you can catch the Spirit. It's more like putting your sails up To catch the wind of the Spirit. It's it's positioning your sails in such a way they call it tacking so that you're not just going so that you can go the way the Holy Spirit wants you to go by catching the wind of the Spirit. We got a lot of churches without the Spirit that are literally just rowing it. They're moving by their own power instead of the power of the Spirit. Put up the sails and let's catch. The wind of the Spirit. My God. The Holy Spirit is your dance partner. Can I get an amen? Somebody said, well, how do, I, how do I walk in the Spirit? The best word I can give you is carefully. I've used this illustration before. If you had a dove on your shoulder, how do you keep them from flying away? Walk slowly. You have to walk carefully. Always mindful that you have, you have a dove on your shoulder. And you can't just go where you want to go and do what you want to do and say what you want to say because the Holy Ghost is a gentleman and will not stay where it is not welcome. I shouldn't say it. It's a he. We have this dove, and the thing about dancing is when you're dancing, you can't multitask. When you're dancing, that's about all you can do. If you're dancing, that's all you're thinking about. All you think about is Man, these steps are really stupid. I wonder what everyone's thinking about me. But when you're dancing, that's all you can do is dance. You can't check your email while you're dancing. You have to stop dancing. There are things you do in life. If you're not careful, you will have to stop the flow of the Spirit in order to do some of the things you want to do, like worrying. So dancing is something we do carefully. It's all you can do. You can't, you can't check your email. You're not, you're not doing something else while you're dancing, And that's strange. When you're dancing, that's all you do. That's all you're thinking about. I mean, you're looking at other people dancing, and you may be looking for a dance partner, but that's all you do is dance. We have to get to the point where everything we do, we do unto the Lord. You don't leave the Holy Spirit at home when you go to work. You don't leave the Holy Spirit in the car when you go into Walmart. But we, we often leave God out of things. You st- you're stepping out of the dance. So whatever we do, we need to keep our minds, say my mind, on the Holy Spirit. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to help you understand something here. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so the children of Israel could not look steadfastly, at the end of what was passing away, for their minds were blinded. For unto this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil, say the veil, that's that filter, has not been taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Talk about Jews. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord the veil is taken away. Now you just got a filter you need to clean up, but the veil has been split. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So I want to be free. You need the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, but we all with, say it with me, unveiled face, The division between us and God, gone. The filter, cleaned up. With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being. There it is. Transformed, not overnight, not the day you're saved, but over time transformed into the same image. Going from. Glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's your answer. Because what you need to understand is you are what you gaze at. What do you spend your time, and I'm not talking about your natural eyes just, where do you focus your energies? And if you just occasionally think about God, your filter's clogged because you are what you look at. It's no wonder we get so worried because we get focused on our problems instead of the face of Jesus. If you stay focused on him, what's our theme song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full where in his wonderful face and the things will grow will go strangely in the light of his glory and grace. You are what you gaze at. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. In other words, You are what you gaze at. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, and when Paul means that, it's like me when I say it when I'm preaching, it means nothing. (laughs) Finally, brethren, whatever things are Whatever things are, if there is any, and if there is anything, meditate on these things. The things we shall learn and receive and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. I've been so blessed the last few years watching atheist scientists discover what's already in the Bible. And they won't admit it, probably because they don't even know what's in the Bible. But they come, oh, I've made a discovery. And I said, yeah, that's Philippians chapter 4. You know what? They're studying the mind. Here's what they found out. You ready for this? When, When you come across something negative, something threatening, something bad, your mind, boom, attaches to that immediately. I mean, immediately, right now, boom. And why is that? Because uh, they say when we were living in the wild, if you heard something, that, is that a bear? Is that an enemy? If, if, as soon as anything negative, you immediately, because your survival depended on you responding immediately to anything negative. So our mind is trained to respond immediately to anything negative. Now, how does the brain respond to positive things? Generally speaking, something positive just kind of comes and goes. If it's negative, it attaches to your brain. That's why when things happen in your childhood, it's so hard to get over because it is attached to your brain and psyche, and it takes a long time to get that So how do you attach good things? Here's what the scientists say. They said, what you got to do, let's say you see a beautiful sunrise. Some of us will just say, oh, that's a nice sunrise. Boy, I'm worried about tomorrow. Here's what they say. Every time you see something positive, you hear something positive, you see something beautiful, you have to focus on it for at least four or five seconds, ten seconds is better. And if you'll focus on it for four, five, six, seven seconds, the brain finally concludes it's important and it will attach a positive memory to your brain. 2,000 years ago, Paul said, think on these things. And that word that word on that verse, if you go back, when it says think on these things, it literally means to focus on these things. It, the Greek word there is actually "fasten." Fasten your thoughts. It, another definition is to be continuously, continuously fixed on something. Don't be pulled away from something. Paul's saying whatever things, whatever things, meditate, fixate, focus. That's why we need to thank God every time something good happens because that's how we connect to it, and it stays in our spirit. People who are not thankful are usually people with a lot of problems. So it took 2,000 years, but they're finally catching up with the Apostle Paul, and I think this will help you. And we've kind of always known this because we have these little little phrases, take time to smell the... Don't just walk by and say, oh, that's pretty rose... But I I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. You know, you you stop, you look at the flower, you bend over, you smell the flower, you take it in, you think about it, boom, your brain locks in on that. And now you have just one more. What did they say? It takes three or four positive experiences to overcome one negative experience. So you need to smell a lot of roses. That's why it pays to pray, to praise, to worship, to read God's power-empowering word. It helps to come to church. Well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Yeah, your negativity is already showing up. No, you don't have to go to church. You could you can live uh, as a hermit somewhere in the woods and and hug trees, but if you really want to be Christ-like, you need to get in the dance together. And you need to embrace those things that God is sending into your life and acknowledge them several seconds. If you could focus on something for 30 seconds, a minute, can you imagine? This is powerful. So, and this is exactly what Paul is saying. Is this good? Is this good or is this good? Wow. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. Go back one chapter, verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have appreh- apprehended or I haven't arrived. But one thing, say one thing. Forgetting. You have to get to the place where you can disconnect from the negativity I know this happened as a child, but if you get enough positive things in your life, eventually that begins to. Di- eventually the brain says, you know what? Maybe that wasn't so important. Maybe I can get over that. Maybe I don't have to be stuck here. Forgetting! Disconnecting from the bad parts, forgetting those things which are and stretching forward to those positive things which are ahead. Oh, this is so good. Y'all aren't giving it enough credit. Next verse. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. You've never heard these Scriptures. So I press, I press, I press. I focus. I stay there. I'm on the track. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Jesus. Wow. Wow. Two more verses. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Wow. Brethren, join in following my example and note those, watch those, follow those who have found a positive way in life. Come on. And I'm not, I'm, not just ta- I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about how your brain works. It's the Word of God to meditate on these things. As you have us, as you have us for a, a, a pattern. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Fasten, fasten. Oh. We got to learn. You know, when the wind blows, the trees, they, don't, they just bend. We gotta learn how to bend. When water water flows and it hits an obstacle, what does it do? It goes around. It doesn't stop flowing, it finds a way around. I mean, water will always find a way down. Hello, leaky roof. Water will always find a way. And I'm telling you, we can have that mind. We can have that, that kind of spirit in us. It doesn't matter what rocks are in our way. It doesn't matter how strong the wind is against us. We'll just bend. We'll just go around. We'll just keep flowing until we get to the place God wants us to be. Oh, yeah, there's definitely going to be a part three on this message. <laughs> Let's... Oh, Jesus... Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, let me just read this. The first man, say the first man. Who's that? Was of the earth made of dust. The second man, who's that? Is the Lord from heaven. Two, two men. And And as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. Hello, dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. You can cease to be dust and you can walk in the spirit. As we have born, carried, reflected the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. How many of you are totally confused now? The first man was from the dust of the earth. The second man is the Lord Jehovah from the realm of heaven. The first one made from dust has a race of people just like him who are also made from dust. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like. What race are you? That's why we can't tolerate prejudice. We are all one race if we belong to Jesus. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Don't get get all prejudice around me. You'll get the left foot of fellowship. Amen. I ain't going to put up with it. Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of dust heaven. Is this good or is it Give God praise. Romans chapter 8. And I'll quit. Romans chapter 8 verse 12 because we, we've been talking I mean that's kind of our text. Romans chapter 8 verse 12. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do it yourself. I actually I wanted that in the in the other version. But anyway let's read it there. Okay, so don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Glory to God. Come on. Next verse, through 17. This resurrection life. Remember, I said your spirit has been resurrected. You receive from God is not a timid, grave tending life, legalism. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, What's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we re- really are. We know who He is. And we know who we are, Father and children. Abba. Abba. The Lord's Prayer, Our Father. That's Abba. You don't really pray to Jesus, you pray through Jesus. You pray to the Father, helped by the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's the next sermon. I'm sorry. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him.